May 17th, 2023, we're in Masechet Beza, on Daf Yod Het Amud Aleph, just a few lines before the end of the Amud, five lines before the end, uh, the last word on the line, Rava Amar, but briefly beforehand, <coughs> at the end of class yesterday, we were talking about um, the Halakha Lema'aseh, because what we talked about over the course of the Sugya was the reason that we discovered in the Mishnah, both Beit Shamayin, even Beit Ilel agree, you're not allowed to dip utensils on Yom Tov, and by extension, of course, on Shabbat. And there were several reasons mentioned in the Gemara, but ultimately speaking, of course, they all amount to the same thing, and that is that it's prohibited, that it's Asur, Midrabbanan, rabbinically speaking, to immerse those utensils on Yom Tov or on Shabbat. Uh, do the reasons, quote-unquote, matter? In other words, ultimately speaking, it's going to be Asur. We did see some ramifications in the Gemara, they were all within a domain, a world that's not so familiar and relevant to us any longer. They were all in the Tahara and Tumah world. They all had to do with ritual impurity and purity, which, of course, we've read about a lot in Sefer Vayikra, but in the scheme of things, not really on our mind all that much any longer. We don't have a Mikdash, not we're dealing with Kodesh, we don't deal with Tirumah. And as a result, a question uh, that I have for you, and I posed it at the end of class yesterday, is whether these issues are actually relevant in the context of Tevilat Kelim as we know it today. When you buy Kelim, when you buy a utensil, and it's from a non-Jew, and we have to then dip it, are these same halachot in play with regards to the Isur and the reasoning for them on Yom Tov and on Shabbat? So here in Shohan Aruch, in Siman Shin Kaf Gimal, you have it in front of you. I, I read from it yesterday, but I want to just go a little bit further in depth, just a few moments today. It says in Sa'if Zayin, Mutar Lahatbil, this is in the context, of course, you see at the top, Shabbat. you're allowed to, it's permitted to immerse, to dip the new utensil uh, on Shabbat. There are those who prohibit. Again, as I mentioned, that has to do with, and that's what we're going to spend a few minutes, uh, how you read our sugya. What's the conclusion of our Gemara? A person who's God-fearing, says, should try to fulfill every opinion. What you should do is, you have that utensil, it's Shabbat, it's Yom Tov, you don't have a choice and you need to use it, the assumption is, give it to a non-Jew b'matana, give it to them as a present. And then, say, can I borrow it from you? In, in such a case, it's true, you were sly in doing so, but keep in mind what the circumstances were. According to many, it's permitted to use it, it's permitted to dip on Yom Tov. You're being mahmir and not dipping on Yom Tov, and so you want to use the utensil still. In that situation, give it to the non-Jew as a present, and then you're borrowing it from them. It's not your utensil. As I mentioned at the end of class yesterday, this was a method which I suggested, Joey told me that I suggested it to him during COVID lockdown time, when people were nervous or were forbidden from going to the mikvaot were closed, what could you do with regards to if you had new utensils that you needed to use? He did in such a fashion. Would you know it? Uh, a few hours later, some uh, students are on a trip, I don't know, somewhere either in America or out of America from the school, and they sent me a message. One of their mothers said they can buy new utensils and just give them to the cash register as a present and then, uh, and then borrow it from them. I very much advised against it. I said, your mother seems to know Shuhan Aruch, but she doesn't know it well enough. That was with Shuhan Aruch over here, where we have this method, is talking in a situation, it's Shabbat, 
I could, according to some opinions, be dipping it. I'm being mahmir in the halakha, and I don't have another utensil. If you're on that trip, and there are other utensils, it's just not going to be as convenient for you, I would not say that it's lechat at all in such a situation. Oh gosh, now we're dealing with a kid, you know. <laughs> this is what they do on every Pesach trip, you're going to tell me. <laughs> You have to do that research. So yeah, you have to do that research. Now, again, this is getting into Hilchot Tevilat Kelim domain. Then, then that's from Jews. Then that's not quite, if it's owned by Jews. Doesn't matter. The dipping is only when you buy from a non-Jew. It's only the transference from non-Jew to Jews. There is as well, if you go to a restaurant, if you go to a hotel, in those situations, there's other permissibilities, none the least being, if it's owned by non-Jews, right. it's not, not an issue, that they don't have such a problem. Mean, but if, furthermore... If you buy dishes, uh, all new kettling from Walmart, and let's say Walmart was owned by a Jew, you, would, you wouldn't have no, to... No, no, because they, you guys, not you, everybody knows this better than, than me and you. They're just buying those products from another. So if they the original maker of the product was a Jewish company and you knew that, you would not have to dip all those Right, in other words, if you go, yes, but it's, it's, it's rare, it's rare if not impossible to find such a... Or, no, unless, or unless, no, trans- unless, unless they transfer to a non-Jew in the middle, non-Jew. right, that's and also a problem. It's really them. only going to find this type of reality if you buy from one of these, and, and we did the research because we were given, a, a, not too long ago, we were given, my son was given for his bar mitzvah a sterling silver the item. So the question is where that came from. Did a, someone, someone <coughs> Jewish in Israel, no, we, it was bought, we saw where it was, it was bought from a place on Avenue J or something like this, it's a Jewish place. Where was it manufactured? Was it manu- happens to have been? It was manufactured, and I don't know. They told me I have to dip it. Um, but you'll find that if you go into in Israel to a place where you're buying something that was made custom, rarely you're going to find that. Now there is, but we don't. So, we're not so mech on this either. There are poskim who discuss in makom safik being dependent upon the fact or leaning on the fact that. They're corporations, generally speaking, so they don't actually have an ownership, right. which means to say it's ownerless. It was never actually owned. We don't so make on that unless it's makom safik. Yeah. But in your case, just now with students. So when I go on vacation, if I buy new utensils because I want to eat on yeah. new things and then I give them to the hotel, yeah. they're, they're mine to use. Of course, that would be okay. It is okay. It's not ideal. You're actually What's giving them to the hotel? No, 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 no. It's actually yes, the hotels? You're leaving it to them. Okay, that's very different. This was, he's giving it to the cash register. And he's saying, it's yours, can I borrow it for, it for eternity? Yours is different. You're giving it to the hotel entirely. That's right. Jeffrey, that's, no, that doesn't matter. If you're completely giving it to the hotel, who cares if they're throwing it out afterwards, but it's theirs. That's... They bought, that's, I mean, I could read you the message. It said, can I give it to the cash register as I buy it? Wink to them, say this is a present, and then they'll give it back to me, uh, and I'm borrowing it. That's, that's, the person's keeping it forever. Okay, that all being the case, the question again is, so what underlies these two opinions? If you look underneath the text of Shohan Aruch, so there's several, um, several blocked areas, and so we're looking specifically in the bottom right, where it says, Be'ur Halakha, Bottom right, the bottom left, and the bottom, Be'ur Halakha, Mishnah Buran, Sha'ar Hasiyun, are all written by Hafez Haim, would be Israel Meir HaKohen of Radin. So it's about 80, 90 years or so since it's been published, maybe 100 years at this point since it's been published. 
but he, Hafetz uh, Chaim, did went through many of the sources with regards to each of these halachot, tried to delineate later interpretations, but sometimes he's trying to even piece together what Shulchan Aruch says. You're not necessarily reading the background information. Over here, that's really what's taking place. He's not giving you, at least in the portion we're reading, later uh, developments. He's giving you, why did Shulchan Aruch say, well, it's permitted to dip on Shabbat, but Yireh Shamaim shouldn't. So if you take a look, Right there, where it says Beur Halacha Zayin, this the star Mutar lehatbil v'yesh osrim. Ta'am elu shete deot hu. The reason for these two opinions is de b'masechet be'sadaf yot het. That's our Gemara Amrinan. We were told, we said de lechule alma. According to everyone, even according to Beitile, lasu lehatbil keli tame afilu biyom tov. All right, and now he's going to bring us through the sugya very briefly. Venatan Rabah Hatam, and this will be good hazara for us. First interpretation to why it's prohibited was Rabah Gezera Shemeya Avirenu Arbaamot Bereshut Rabim Ugzerat Yom Tov Atu Shabbat. First opinion was maybe you'll carry Rav Yosef Amar Hatam Shemeyis Hot. The reason we saw yesterday was Rav Yosef that maybe you'll come to squeeze, but uh, some utensils are, aren't squeezable. Even non-squeezable ones are part of that broader, far, further-reaching uh, restriction of the rabbis. The third opinion, that of Rav Bebai, was maybe you'll leave it, you'll be lazy, I'll only do it on Yom Tov, and in the interim, you'll put your teruma into it, which will be a problem. Lastly, Ravanatan Ta'am, the last opinion that of Rava was, it looks like a wrongful fixing, which is what we call Makebe Patish. It's not actually fixing, but it appears to be fixing in a metaphysical way. Okay, which one of those four opinions is, quote, the accepted opinion, the true opinion, that'll have major ramifications with regards to our halakha. Harif Hevi, Rak Ta'am Yosef, Vetam Rav Bebai. Rif mentions those second and third opinions. Rav Yosef was, maybe you'll squeeze. Rav Bebai was, maybe you'll hold on to it. Umemela, and it emerges, since you're accepting reasons two and reason three, those reasons are not applicable to buying a new utensil from a non-Jew. Why? So, is hot there's no gezerah, there's no fear you'll come to squeeze. You'll come to squeeze in a situation where the items that you're immersing, that you're dipping, might be squeezable. When we talk about buying something from a non-Jew, we're not talking about squeezable items. We're talking about pots and pans and knives and spoons and forks. We're not talking about squeezable items. This gezerah, the suggestion goes, has nothing to do with us. In this situation, that gezerah was for tumantara. Your clothing needed to say pure. Your utensils, when we buy clothing, we don't dip them when we buy non from non-Jews. Right? We do, we have, I mean, we maybe clean them before we, but not, not ritually. You're not going to find such a reality that uh, there's something which is squeezable and that needs to be immersed. And furthermore, the third reasoning, which Rif as well, Rif again being a major commentator now, Gemara, an early Rishon, an early medieval rabbi in the back of the Gemara, 
who brings together the halachot of the Gemara. So he gave his reason in the Gam, this is the second reason, or the third reasoning in our Gemara, that of Rav Bebay is furthermore not applicable to us. Why is it not applicable to us? Well, what was the reasoning again? Maybe I'll hold on to it, I'll put my Terumah into it, and I'll be in trouble. Uh, you didn't dip it, and now your terumah is invalidated. What's the halacha if a person is negligent? He didn't dip his utensils and then used them with the food. Is the food ne'esar ba'achila? The answer is no. And that's very important to note. Uh, it didn't do the right thing, but the food is not prohibited to eat any longer. You can eat the food. Well, that being the case, if the whole reason was maybe you'll leave it over, and as a result, you'll mess up, you'll make un, un, uh, inedible the food which went into it, that doesn't apply here either. Therefore, when Shulchan Aruch began and said, on Shabbat, on Yom Tov, you're allowed to be Tobel, a keli hadash shekana min hagoy, the reason is because he's following in that initial statement, Rif. Rif accepted second reason and third reason, which only apply to Tum'an Tahara. They don't apply to our situation. When you buy new utensils, the only new utensils are non-squeezable ones that you need to dip. Secondly, if you use those new utensils without dipping them, you didn't uh, bring them to the mikveh, the food is not forbidden to be eaten. And as a result, that's what Be'ur Halakha explains. Um, so, okay, that's, that's, that's why it would be mutar. Why would you say it's asur? So if you continue reading over here, it says... Um, uh, okay, aval. If you skip down two lines, the last word in the line, aval. Harosh, rosh, is later than rif, the first commentator in the back of the Gemara. Pasak de rabba verava. He mentioned reason one and reason four in our Gemara as the final explanation. Again, either number four, nirake metakin. Is that going to apply to new utensils? Certainly, I bought a new utensil. It wasn't uh, wasn't really usable, and now it is usable. What about the first one? Of course, that's applicable. You have to bring it to the mikveh, even if you have it in your backyard. Nonetheless, we make a gezera, larger reaching gezera. That's in turn. You see, but we went through a full sugya and. Uh, Thank you. And this one was for you, Eli, because you told me yesterday, and you didn't mean it as pun-worthy, you told me the sugya was a little wishy-washy in your mind. I thought that was excellent wording. We're talking about washing things. Um, anyway, uh, so this is the recap then of it. It means that our four reasons, if you split them up perfectly as the poskim do, one and four will make it applicable to new kelim as well. One and four are maybe I'll carry. Maybe I'll carry uh, to go to the mikveh. Uh, even when I bought a new utensil, number four, it looks like fixing, applies to new utensils as well. Two and three, maybe I'll come to squeeze, and maybe I'll leave it, and the food which goes into it being invalidated are not applicable. Reef is two and three, that's the first opinion, Shohan Aruch. Rosh is one and four, that's the second opinion. How do you go? Shohan Aruch, generally speaking, goes like this. Reef. Rosh and Harambam are his three major poskim, and he says that he goes by the majority of those three. Well, we got a one versus one, and we don't really have a number three. How does he go? Well, he gives you both opinions. He makes things 
confusing as usual. It's mutar. We don't, we don't know per se. Stam v'yesh, but then he concludes and he says, v'yeresh So he seems to be clear that he wants you to do it in, in a somewhat easy way. Just make sure instead of just dipping, instead do it as the matana and then take it as a sheila. Okay, that being the case, let's get back into our Gemara. Again, we're going to review in a, in a second the last opinion here in the Gemara. The last opinion was that of Rava. Rava opined that, that the reason that um, you can't, or even according to Beit Hillel, dip the utensils, which are tameh on Yom Tov or Shabbat, is nirah kemitaken. Let's read that inside. Rava amar mipene shenirah kemitaken keli. It appears as if you're fixing a utensil, again, minhat Torah, if it's real fixing a utensil in the physical sense, that's called makeb patish. It's one of the 39 melachot over here. It's, so to speak, in the metaphysical respect. It's Neraki Metaken. Says the Gemara on that last opinion on Rava, Ihachef, that's so. Here's new things for us. Adam Nameh, question mark. Why don't we make a Gezerah as well? Why don't the rabbis prohibit and restrict a person from immersing? After all, in our Mishnah, we saw, according to Beit Hillel, a person is allowed to go into the Mikveh on Shabbat or Yom Tob, or on Yom Tob, let's say. Uh, why don't we say Nirakim Etakin, the person, before they went in, were Tameh? They come out and they're Tahor. As I say, it doesn't have as many ramifications. Just as many ramifications. The person before him couldn't handle and couldn't eat certain foods, especially if they're a Kohen. Now they can. Nirakim Etakin. Why is it that utensils, that uh, clothing, pots, pans, and all that sort of stuff, you're allowed to do, excuse me, you're not allowed to do on Yom Tov, but a person you are, if Nirakim Etakin is our reason, says the Gemara, Adam Nirakimekar. And you see the word in Mekar, Kar, a person who immerses themselves in a mikveh, the onlooker, and even they themselves could say to themselves, I'm really doing this to cool off. In other words, if the whole issue is it's nirakimitaken, it looks wrong. It looks as if you're fixing something on Yom Tov. Over here, it doesn't look wrong. I'm just going to cool off a little bit. It's a boiling hot day, just jumping into a small pool for a minute or Who two. That's okay, though? Why shouldn't it be okay? That's, oh, that's the answer to you. Oh, okay. uh, in, okay. Until you tell me why not. No, I, uh, I understand what, where no, you're no. going with this. Jared says, uh, Rabbi, you realize what you just said? You were just matir sure. all the swimming pools. Jared, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you're... Uh, I didn't say anything, although we'll send after the class. There's two, class, two full classes where I go through all the potential issues with regards to swimming pools. And I'm very clear, I don't want to be spending your day in swimming pools, but... In the scheme of things, in the scheme of things, especially if it's a non-heated area, um, what is the issue? We find in Shohan Aruch, explicitly people would or could jump into a cold area. And again, especially if you're not doing it for cleaning reasons. I, I go through all the issues over there, but the answer to your question is, sure. until you tell me why and why not, at this point, the Gemara says, it's permitted but if it's you're doing it so Kimeka. I can go to cool off, but I can't go off to clean myself. That's, that's what you're saying I'm right saying now. we might, a later development from Magen Abraham and onward is that maybe cleaning is different for particular reasons, okay. which you'll have to listen and understand. However, in this context, our Gemara says, what, what is the issue to be making? Hatinach says the Gemara, this is understood and accepted. Ma'im yafim. If the water is nice, literally. In other words, if the water is clean, I'll look at you, you'll look at me and you'll say, oh, he's going to cool off. Uh, but what are you going to tell me? Ma'im ra'im, if the water is dirty, literally bad water, ma'ikalememar, ma'yeshlomar, how are you going to rationalize? No, it doesn't look like mitakir because the guy, Harari, must just be going to cool. He's going to cool off in that? 
That was disgusting. That was, uh, there's uh, linen, flax uh, remnants and sediments in there. So sorry, he's going in there because he needs the mikveh. She's going in there because she, need, need, because she needs the mikveh. You can't make the claim in such a circumstance, in that situation, that it's niraki mekar. Amar of Nahman by Yitzhak, Rav Nahman by Yitzhak defends Rava and says, even when the dirt, water is dirty, people would go in without the reasoning of making themselves tahor. Pe'amim, there are times, she'adam ba'basharav v'rohetz afilu b'memishra. It's a summer afternoon, and you took a long walk from one side of town to the other, and you're dripping sweat and feel terribly hot and uh, oh, well, I don't know if this one's relevant any longer. And because according to this, you would then jump into afil uh, mishra, even into water, which is, as Rashi says, sheshorin ha-pishtan bayin. Flax, right? Pishtan is, uh, is, is linen. Flax, linen, you have all the stuff in it. You're going to walk out feeling very dirty, but at the very least you cooled off. Okay, the point is, nonetheless, says, says uh, Rav Nachman Baritzhak, it is or was a reality that a person, when so hot, would go in there. And as a result, again, keep in mind what we need to get away from. We need to get away from the vision, the appearance that he's mitakin, that the express purpose and reason that he's going in there is in order to make himself tahor. If I can find a rationale, if I can find a reason, a situation where he would go in for not that reason, that's permitted. Wait a second, what about if it's dirty water? The answer is even in dirty water. Okay, so you solved the water, when it's dirty during the summertime, in the, in the wintertime, forget about dirty for a moment, nobody goes in. Nobody Who, uh, that's right. Mara said today, the Gemara is, uh, we solved it. You have cold plungers, that's right. Before we were crazy, and the Gemara assumes you don't do a cold plunge, and as a result, says the Gemara, why would you, why would you go kemekar? Clearly, during the winter, even in a cold mikveh. You're going in there, you're doing it for mikveh reasons. You're not doing it directly. Everybody looks at you and says, he's not doing a cold plunge. Only crazy people know. Not any longer. But anyway, to say, what is there to say? How would you rash? How would you defend Rava in permitting a person, prohibiting utensils? Amar of Nahman Pe'amim. Even in this situation during the winter, it might happen. Adam ba min meluchlach batit Might happen that even during the even during the winter, person was out on Yom Tov, and he returns, and he was out, and he took a long walk, and he didn't realize he slipped, fell into the mud. He slipped and he fell into the uh, cow dung. He was on a farm or something like that. I come back and he's filthy, but it's winter. I'm not going into a cold mikveh during the winter in order to just clean and just, just get that off. No, you would. If you're so filthy and so dirty, you're going to, for a moment or two, get over the, the coldness of the water and... Uh, you're going to, even during the cold period and time of the year, get into that mikveh, not for tahara reasons, but rather for nikiyu reasons, just to be clean. As a result, the Gemara is standing strong for Rava. Rava, who's defending our Mishnah, Beit Hilel, who distinguish between a person and utensils. Person permitted on Yom Tov maybe even on Shabbat, uh, utensils prohibited. Why so? Utensils, we say, nira A person, we say, nira kemekar. Mekar, milashon kar. He's doing it just to cool off. Of course, we extended cooling off too. He's doing it just to clean off. He's doing it uh, just for pleasurable reasons 
as opposed to anything else. Says the Gemara, all right, all okay, Tinach, Bishabbat. All right, now you've made the case for Yom Tov and Shabbat that it could be permitted to just get into that water. The fact that our Mishnah said this in a general sense, that on Yom Tov it's permitted for a person, according to Beit Hillel, to immerse in the Mikveh, it makes us imagine and realize that that's relevant even on Kippur. Why should that be relevant even on Kippur? A person sees the person on Kippur, everybody knows the Mishnah, the Fa'in Gimal, Masechet Yoma says that Yoma Kippurim Asur, Be'achilau, Bishdiyau, Berechizah, it's prohibited in any immersion in water. As a result, you can't say that the person is doing it just to cool off. He's not allowed to just cool off. You can't say, you look at the person and say, why is he doing this? Metakin. Now again, for Tikkun reasons, uh, for tikkun reasons, we have an issue. You can't make the claim, let me just say it clearly, the Gemara's claim was the reason by a person it's permitted is because you won't instinctively say about that person that the person is doing it in order to fix themselves, in order to make themselves tahor from tamit. Over here, what's the reason they're doing it otherwise? They can't be doing it just for pleasurable reasons. I know, I know, says Jared with his hand. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, so maybe, maybe asking else. Can't do that on Yom Tov. Dirty, ah, dirty. So the, the halacha happens to be, elsewhere there in the 8th Perek of Masechet Yomai, is that if a person does get dirty, dirty on Yom, on Yom Kippur, they're allowed to clean themselves off. You're not doing it for pleasurable reasons in such a situation. Such a situation, you're doing it just to get the filth off. If you're overly sweaty or you have uh, dung on you or you have uh, mud on you or something of that sort. Uh, so uh, the argument then is, oh, even over here in Kippur, you're, you're right. You're not doing it just because you're cold. Uh, you wouldn't be able to do it. But because you got filthy, you are. Ra'a and Rashba. Good answer. Good answer. That's true as well. That's true as well. You know, I, it's true. Ra'a and Rashba from Hachmeh Sefarad pose this question on our Gemara and they give Morris's answer. They suggest that, listen, the way it works on Kippur is if you're filthy, if you're dirty, you go and you clean yourself. That's not a full immersion per se. That's going to be very rare that the person's going to fall into a pile of mud to the extent that their whole body becomes filthy and they have to dip themselves entirely. If they're in such a situation, they take water and they wipe it off. They even dip their hand in. But ultimately speaking, it's rare, if not almost impossible, that you find a situation where the person needs, in order to keep themselves just clean, keep in mind, you want to be considerate to the person in Knisa as well. You, know, you need to come to shul as well and sit next to the guy and you smell and you're filthy. Anyway, but um, the, the halakha then is that on Kippur you couldn't have a full immersion. So that's the question of the Gemara then. The Gemara's question then is, yes, we're not going to affect, as someone said, uh, because of one day. It's not that one day. It's that our Mishnah is permitting even on that day. Our Mishnah did not distinguish. The fact that our Mishnah didn't tell us, this is mutar on Rosh Hashanah, Shavuot, Pesach, Sukkot, but not on Kippur makes us understand that even on Kippur you're allowed to do a tivila for a human being. If a human being is allowed to do it, why should that be permitted? According to you, Rava. Again, says the Gemara, Tinah, Tinah Melashon Noah. It's understood, it's pleasant. Bishabbat, I can make the claim on Shabbat and even on the other holidays. Biyom HaKippurim, on Kippur, How would you defend immersing a person, dipping yourself on Kippur, Amar Rava? Rava has an exclamatory response. 
מי איכה מידד בשבת שערה וביום הכיפורים האסור? מי is there, איכה is there, מידה something, דבשבת, אלא שבת שערה, it's permitted, וביום הכיפורים האסור? And on Kippur would be Asur, question mark. Now the assumption over here in this response of Rava, again responding and defending his own opinion is, there can't be and wouldn't be a reality where something is permitted on Shabbat, but not on Kippur. Our assumption is they have a similar, if not identical, Kiddushah, in terms of Kiddushah Tayom, sanctity of the day, that if it's permitted on Shabbat, even if you can't easily follow the logic over to Kippur, it will be permitted on Kippur as well. Oh, that's the statement. Now, if it's object, oh, very big, if it's a very, big, it's, it's a very, so I was about to say that. Now, this logic would not apply to objectively, that's right, but on Kippur there is, this would not apply to Isurim in the Torah. It wouldn't say, well, if it's permitted on Shabbat, it's got to be permitted on Yom Kippur, but it's one of the prohibited activities on Kippur, it would not be permitted. If you're allowed to eat on Shabbat, of course you're allowed to eat on Kippur. No, no, we don't do that. We do this on Gezerot situation. Over here, and this is what Ra'at articulates this fully, over here we're dealing with Gezerah, Mirakim Mitakin. That's the only reason. If it was a full immersion for a pleasurable reason, of course that's going to be prohibited. It's only in this situation. So again, here's the key line. Rather, here's the principle. Ho'il, since u'b'shabat sh'are, again, sh'are means permitted, sh'ruyim lachem, sh'ruyim lachem, so we say, in the hatarat nedarim, it's permitted, b'yom ha'kipurim nameh, nameh means as well, sh'are, period. So that's the statement in turn of Ravai. It's a bold statement because we're going to spend half the Amud now uh, attacking him for it. His statement is, we make this sort of logical deduction and extension. If it's permitted on Shabbat, you can't make the argument to me that it'll be prohibited on Kippur. Rashi biyom ha-Kippurim nameshare on the left-hand side. Side ve'af al-gavdin lo nirakimikar. Even though the logic, that's what Rashi is stressing, on Kippur doesn't apply. Nobody's going to say he's just cooling off. You're not allowed to cool off like that in water on Yom Tov. It's still going to be permitted on, on, on Yom Kippur. It's still going to be permitted on Yom Kippur. Shelo tahmir l'inyan melacha biyom ha-Kippurim mishabbat. Again, even though the logic doesn't extend there's a different logic. The logic is it can't be permitted here and prohibited there. But wait a second, the reason it's permitted there is specific to there. It's got to have the same status if it's permitted. In terms of Gezerat Melach. The way the Rishonim, the way the Rishonim say, well, the punishment, uh, you have... It's not, not gonna, it's, you, you, no. They have to argue the way the Rishonim say it is because they have a similar Kiddushah. So what it's got to be, you're going to see the Gemara is going to apply it but within Shabbat. I see in Yom Kippur, I have a Chumrah of not to eat. Well, well, it has yeah. nothing to do with Melacha per se. It has nothing to do with Kiddushat Hayom. It has to do with specific Halachot of Ve'in Ni'itim et Nafshotechem. Kiddushat Hayom, when we talk about Mikraye Kodesh. Versus Oneg on Yom Kippur, which you don't have. Outside of the Melacha's view. I mean, I see. Okay. Says the Gemara, or just briefly starting the question on Rava. That's a bold statement, Rava. So again, catching up to date, Rava's claim then, his, uh, his defense of himself is, oh, I'll tell you why this is permitted on Kippur, because it's permitted on Shabbat. 
and you're not going to make a gezera on an isur melacha again of makeb patish of nirak metakin on Shabbat on on Kippur if it doesn't apply on Shabbat umi it le lerava quote unquote ho'il question mark ho'il means since that's borrowing from his statement he said ho'il since it's permitted on Shabbat it's permitted on Yom Kippur. I said, uh, wait, does Rava have such a logic of since that you extrapolate, that you extend logically? If it's permitted here, it's permitted there. Is that really something that Rava operates with? And obviously, you know, we're about to challenge it from something else that took place. And we know it's going to take us some time. So we're just going to begin it now. But again, that's the plan. The plan in the Gemara is, umi it le it. You switch the top with the shin, yesh. Umi yesh lo. Does Rava really have such a principle, such a logical deduction? Vehatenan. Doesn't the Mishnah in Masechet Shabbat and Dafkof Yod Aleph teach the following? We're just going to start the first three, four words. Ha-hoshesh b'shinav lo yigma' bahen et ha-homet. We're going to pause with those words for now. We'll continue with them tomorrow. But the concept is, if it's Shabbat, there's an Isur Midrabbanan, rabbinically speaking, to, uh, to, to apply medical um, procedures. Uh, you're not allowed to use medicine, and the reason, Rashi cites it over here, is If we permit you to use some sort of me- medicine, you might come to crush herbs in order to create the medicine. As a result, if a person's teeth are hurting him, have a toothache or a gum issue to the extent that for some reason, no dentists in the room. We could get away with this one. Um, vinegar would help them. They can't take vinegar and swallow it on Shabbat. Why not? Because it's very clear that the action they're doing over there is medicinal in purpose. All right, that's the beginning of it. We don't know where we're going with this. We'll see tomorrow. Amen. Amen.